Hey, Stephen. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, we got you. What's going on this afternoon? Oh, I'm good. Two things. One, I guess the pressure of a four-game winning streak is too much for the fighting <laughs> Texas Rangers. Just the ninth inning has not gone as planned. And two, I'll have uh, Baby Sawyer and five-year-old Bradley in the car with me. So hopefully I'm the only one that has opinions on this phone call. But you have their voices. That's what's going on. Well, you know, hey, look, they're part of the team as well. So if they got an opinion, we want to hear it, and we just might hear it, right? I mean, you know, it's the way it goes when you have when you have the little ones. So, uh, Stephen, I do want to begin with the Rangers. That that ninth inning was pretty disastrous. Not only did they give up the key hit, but then they start throwing the ball all over the ballpark. I mean, it. Uh, I, I just mentioned that if you've if you're at the game, you probably need a batting helmet in the stands. I was excited to come on and discuss uh, my guy, Taylor Hearn, had another solid outing the other night. I think he went six and two-thirds against the Astros. Uh, DJ Peters continues to play well. They crawled within 40 games of 500 with this recent hot streak they were on. And, uh, yeah, things didn't go well today. Um, I will say, though, that's just part of having a young team. And I do prefer that to the product they had on the field earlier this season. They at least staying competitive. Now, the Rockies are also not very good, so that's, I mean, worth mentioning. They lost to a team today who was in that same camp with them. Um, overall, I still think it's more promising uh, for the Rangers these last 30 games or so of the season. But, yeah, my goodness, not what you want. Um, I mean, in five, they scored like five runs in the second, haven't scored since. Felt like this would be an easy sort of, uh, hey, get a victory. But I guess that's why they're a bad baseball team, because these things are not are not easy, and they, they struggle to close out games. That's the way it's going to be, though, right? I mean, you look at this, and it's still a learning process, and even though you have a game like this, it's very disappointing. You know, you still have to understand the big picture of what the Rangers are heading for, and do you think that they're trending in the right direction, at least as of late? As of late, I'd say yes. I mean, it's still a pretty small sample size. But, uh, yeah, as far as results go, I don't really feel like you're even evaluating too much from a win or loss standpoint. It's mainly just about player development. Uh, I mean, I guess the bright side is, uh, you know, going back to this past draft, they got Jack Leiter with that second pick, which I think is a a great pickup because that's a dude that can contribute right away. They're going to get another high draft pick this year, potentially, you know, in the top three, depending on how they finish the season. So you're hopeful that you can get another one of those players. It's all about stockpiling the farm system. I think they're finally buying into that as an organization, which is a positive sign. Uh, but, again, it, it's also, what, a 20-game stretch in August and September. We'll see. We'll see what happens when things kind of reset going into next year. I, I'm much more hopeful, though, looking at what they have on the field these days than what I saw. Uh, even though I like watching Joey Gallo play and Kyle Gibson go out there once a week. Um, I'm enjoying watching these young guys get opportunities. Talking with uh, Stephen Simcox. Stephen, uh, let's let's talk about the Cowboys. Uh, Will Greer now on the roster, and Ben DiNucci is back. He's the guy that has about nine lives, like a cat, and he just won't go away. Well, good for Ben DiNucci. He can kind of prowl around uptown again this fall and talk to people about being on the Cowboys team. Um, he had an awful preseason, but I guess practice squad quarterback's fine. I actually didn't see that Will Greer note. That's sort of fascinating. West Virginia kid coming over. Uh, yeah, you know, one thing that I've, I've found curious about the Cowboys and their preseason, um, 
the way they handle it, I guess, is I understand what's going on with Dak, right? Like, you have to keep that guy healthy. You want to err on the side of caution. But you're also going to presumably start a guy uh, a week from Thursday that hasn't played as like a down of competitive football in a long time. And that's, I mean, that's a risky bet. Um, they've rested Zeke. I just, I feel like the Cowboys are approaching the preseason like a team that has some really great pedigree. Um, and I feel like it just sort of speaks to, from the top down, this sort of arrogance that comes from Jerry Jones and the people in charge. And I, I know, like, the, the Lions team that went 0-16, I believe they finished 4-0 in preseason, right? And uh, Peyton Manning, those Colts teams, they never took it that seriously. It's mainly for um, your end-of-the-roster guys to put things on film to maybe make the team – to maybe make another team if they can make an impression in the games that they play. But at the same time, I, I just I can't imagine that Lyle Collins and Tyron Smith and Zeke Elliott, even Dak Prescott if he was healthier, couldn't benefit from getting some reps in these games. I just don't think they're good enough to have this blasé attitude about it. And it, it might not matter at all, uh, but it, it feels to me like they're approaching this like they're the Bucks, right? Like they won a Super Bowl. They got a dude like Tom Brady who's been in the game for a million years, and that's not the makeup of their football team. I would just like to see uh, – I would like to see more reps from the starters because, you know, when, when the game kicks off, there's a lot of guys that are going to be playing significant, you know, snaps that haven't played yet, and I feel like that could be a problem. Steven, do you think it's imperative that – Ezekiel Elliott has a, a bounce-back season, that he is the guy that we thought he was going to be. And, and I know that last year there was a lot of contributing factors, but does he have to have a big season for this team to be successful? Oh, I think so. And I feel like bounce-back season doesn't necessarily have to be fifteen or 1,600 yards like you saw when he was a rookie. You certainly take that. Uh, but he's got to show something. I mean, whether that's getting more involved in the passing game, which is something they mentioned, I don't really think he's that type of running back, but I know that's come up in the off season, um, or just getting that explosiveness back, right? Like the thing with Zeke to me is um, what makes him special, or one of the things that makes him special in my mind is his ability to get three or four yards when there's nothing there. Uh, but another thing that made him special early on in his career was the fact that he could also break off a 60 or 70 yard run on you. He had that uh, breakout speed, and I just haven't seen that as of late from Zeke. I know he's apparently made a commitment to slimming down a little bit, being in better shape. That's a good start. Um, But even with this team kind of shifting their identity, I think they need him to be major force. And if he's not, I feel like you have to start having the discussion of why are we paying this guy this massive deal if we're not going to use him like, you know, the – the thoroughbred we want him to be, and if he's not going to give us those results. Um, I, I, I honestly think we're, this could be a make or break year as far as do we – because um, it just hasn't been there lately. And part of that, Zeke, part of that's an offensive line that's not as good as it was early. In, uh, but he needs to make an impact this season. Steven, the, uh, the TCU Horned Frogs, uh, they open against the uh, Fighting Dukes of Duquesne, and – What's a uh, what's a realistic expectation for the frogs in in 2021 in your es- estimation? Yeah, mighty Duquesne coming down from Pittsburgh. Um, you know, Saturday I think it just has to be taking care of business. 
Duquesne's a pretty solid FCS team, and they played in the spring, which I don't know if that's going to help or hurt coming into, you know, a game against a Power 5 opponent. Uh, but regardless, like, TCU should handle that. Realistic expectation for the season, I feel like this team needs to compete for a Big 12 title. So, um, you know, whether that means finishing third, fourth, or playing at AT&T Stadium when the season's over, they have an experienced quarterback, uh, a defense that is returning a number of uh, starters along with Gary Patterson, who's been there for such a long time running that show. Um, this is a year they've been sort of building towards for a while. So expectations are high. And I think a lot of teams feel this way because this extra year of COVID eligibility has given uh, teams a lot of experience. But TCU is sort of middled around in the middle of the league for a while with 500. They need to break out of that and have a big year. So I feel like 8-4, and 9-3 and three is a fair expectation. That's where they need to be at the end of the season for this to be considered a success. Do you feel like Gary Patterson would like this defense to go back and, and, and carry this team a little bit, make things easier on the offense? I think he definitely does. And I, I don't know how much uh, autonomy, I guess, he'll give to Doug Meacham and Jerry Kill as far as setting the pace and the tempo of the offense. But, um, you know, they went they went up tempo for a while. and They were running fast and they were going no huddle. And that really wore out his defense, and they've sort of shifted back to more of a traditional style. We'll see what they do this year. But, yeah, as far as Gary goes, I mean, he wants his defense to play as, as few snaps as possible and have those guys fresh, have them making big plays, and he doesn't want to deviate from that. Steven, what, uh, what are you working on for your podcast? Well, we're getting ready for game week. Uh, today I'll have Josh Neighbors on the show. He'll, he'll be discussing – the TCU season, and then on Friday, uh, we'll have a little bit of preview for Duquesne. But, yeah, it's Locked on Horn Frogs. You can get it anywhere you listen to podcasts. I use Apple, uh, Spotify, though, as well as out there, as, as a bunch, as, along with a bunch of other apps. But if you listen to podcasts, wherever you uh, find it, just search Locked on Horn Frogs, and um, I'd appreciate it if people would subscribe. Steven, as always, it's a pleasure. We appreciate your time. See you later. Okay, thanks, guys. Let's wait on this big ranger comeback, okay? <laughs> well, sorry, it's gone final, 9-5. It's over? Yeah, oh, okay. no. so the Fighting Rockies salvage a game in the series, so there you go. Uh, all right, uh, 14-